You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by airaccountant.io. Outsourced controller and bookkeeping services. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Laura Kielsen Graham, Senior Consultant at Kielsen Consulting and part-time stay-at-home mom. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Well, so as we set up today, you told me that you have your toddler daughter there with you and that you work in the afternoons. So tell me about this juggling balance that you do with your work life. Yeah. So, Carl, it's kind of interesting. So I was working full-time as a management consultant. Um, I was with Deloitte when I got pregnant with my daughter, and um, I was working, you know, long hours. Um, 80, 90 hour weeks, some weeks, and I was traveling Monday morning through Thursday afternoon a lot. Um, and after I had her, when I went back from maternity leave, I had the opportunity to work virtual for a while. And when they asked me to um, start traveling again, I basically said, okay, well, here's when I have to, I have to part ways. So after that, I was just kind of praying about, you know, what's next. They really wanted to be with my daughter as much as I could, but I also really love what I do. Um, and so I was thinking about, you know, kind of going out on my own and I felt like God was saying to me, well, you know what, this is something you actually need to do. And I was like, okay, God, well, if this is something that I need to do. I need you to provide me a client. <laughs> so, um, I think the next week I had someone call me that I had worked with, I think four or five years previously and said, Hey, we heard that you might be able to help us out. We'll take as many hours as, as you'll give us, work virtually, and, and we'll take as much help as, as you'll give us. So here I am a year later, and I work um, half time from home, and other other half of the time I spend with my daughter. And, and so how do you juggle that? Do you have someone that comes and helps with your daughter? I do. We have a nanny that comes half time in the afternoon. And you can totally get away from motherhood responsibilities and focus on your work then? Yeah, I can. I kind of have an office at home uh, or a makeshift office, pretty small corner um, in our room because um, we're in a, a small condo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she takes her out normally in the afternoons, the park or the library, the quiet, the house is quiet and I'm able to conference call. Sometimes I often work in the evenings as well when she goes to bed, kind of juggle it all, but I do what I can to try to balance it. It's always mm-hmm. a juggling act. And you don't have to travel with your new firm. I don't have to travel. I only take on clients that really allow, or to this point, I've only taken on clients that allow me to work virtually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned God as you were setting out to do this. Tell me a little bit about how you came to faith and and how your faith plays into your life. Yeah. So, um, Carl, I actually grew up in the church. Um, I grew up in the with a very legalistic um, background, actually. And I think um, going to church wasn't optional. And I did not have a real relationship with Jesus until college. Um, I kind of, for a year or two there, I kind of fell away. Um, I was partying. And what's funny is I had always worked with children um, my whole life, and I had missed doing it. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll go volunteer at the local church with the kids because I know they always need help. And I honestly just miss spending time with them. And so they allowed me to come and volunteer on Sundays. And that's how I ended up going back to church. And um, there, that was the church that I got baptized in for the first time and had 
you know, really a real encounter and relationship with Jesus. Wow. So were you able to listen to the messages while you were taking care of the kids? How did, how did you, that connection come about? Yeah. So I think I first just started going and helping with the kids, but it was a church that, um, I wouldn't say it was a mega church, but it was large enough. Now it is a mega church, but it was large enough at the time that they had multiple services. So they would encourage me um, after serving, like, oh, you can stay for, you know, second service and go hear the message. And so I started going again. Um, and then that kind of just became part of my routine. And, and kind of throughout that, I, I think, experienced the real love of Jesus for the first time. And was this at um, University of North Carolina or Auburn? This was at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. This was at um, Daystar Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so did you find much fellowship with the students there or was it was the church totally separate? I, I remember going to church when I was in grad school and, and most of the congregation were people who were much older. And then there were, it was a small group of college kids that were there. What was yours like? Interesting. Actually, this church, I would say, um, was really diverse in its, um, kind of age group. Um, so they really had everything. They had young families, they had college students, they had older folks, which you don't see at every church, but this one really had kind of every age group. I, um, I had not known any of the individuals that were on college campus that were attending this church until after I went to the church. Maybe I just was avoiding them or I missed their outreach or I, I'm not sure. Um, but there definitely was kind of a college group there. So you and I met each other through through work somehow. I can't remember exactly how we connected, but but then we we got to know each other's faith and I think we volunteered together. And and so you must be integrating your faith with your work for, for us to have connected on that level. T- tell me a little bit about how you do that. Yeah. So um, it's funny because I remember um, really vividly how we met. Um, I was in a sales role at the time. I had met you um, as like a prospecting meeting, so to speak. And you had started to talk about your faith. And so I started talking about my faith and you told me about the ministry that you do um, with um, the mm-hmm. youth prison. And um, I, I, in that job, I felt like I had so much opportunity to speak about my faith and to invite people to church because I was in a sales role and I was meeting so many people on a regular basis. Like, I can't tell you how many people I invited to church when I was in sales because I was meeting so many people. It was so great. Now I work with less people because I'm not doing sales every day, even though sales is a part of my job because I own my own business. But my, I integrate my faith um, with work a lot more on a relationship basis where it's not like I've, I've met you once or twice. And I invite you to church. You know, maybe we stay friends if you stay in the church, what have you. But I really try to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and give me opportunity to speak into the lives of others, speaking love and truth into their lives because I think people are hungry and desperate to hear truth and light and they're they're even if they won't tell you they're really ready to listen just in any way that I can offer advice when it comes you know to parenting or relationships or, or marriage anything God's kind of given me opportunity to speak into people's lives or, or even praying for someone I'll, I'll mention casually you know I'm praying for your wife you know when I found out you know, that um, one of my clients, um, owner's um, wife has MS. And so I said, you know, I just want you to know I'm praying for her. And I don't even know if she's gotten better, but I still regularly pray for her and believe that God can touch her and heal her. Well, I'm, I'm sure that it had an impact. Uh, so you were at Parker and Lynch when we met, were, were you not? Yes. 
That's right. Glad you have a better memory than me. <laughs> I meet too many people and I, <laughs> The details, the details of how I met somebody or who introduced us and so forth are, are a little fuzzy. I wish I had a better system. But I do remember somehow after meeting you, you wanted to go into the juvenile detention center with me, which was very odd because, you know, most people don't want to go in there. I certainly didn't want to go in there when I was first asked to go. And, uh, and you know, particularly as a young woman going into, into that facility, it's, it can be a little intimidating. It's mainly mainly guys and uh, you know rough guys at that, and uh, can be a rough audience. But you went in there and you bravely shared your testimony. What was that like for you? I have to say, it did feel um, I was a little nervous going in there, not in advance because I felt like the Bible was really clear about visiting people in prison. It was something we're called to, and I had read it in my Bible, and I hadn't done it before, and you had given me a clear opportunity to do this, and so I was like, I need to say yes. I remember when I went there for the first time, and they're like, you know, throw all your stuff in the locker, and they're like, walking you through with a guard, and I was like, okay, what is this going to be like? It's going to be okay. But you were there, and that that really happened well, um, but after the first time, I think it was it was fine. Um, and I kind of knew what to expect. How many times did you go in there? I, I can't even remember. I remember you went, but I don't remember how many times. I, I don't remember. I didn't count, but I, I know I did it with you until I moved away from DC, um, out to California. I think I, um, came with you once a month for about a year. I've been doing it for 20 years. So it's a lot of years. Wow. That, but the last time we went in, we had the most amazing experience. At first, I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because I had all the kids were um, Hispanic and, and originally Spanish speakers. In fact, one of the kids didn't even speak English. And um, and so I was a little nervous about how is this going to work. And and about halfway through the discussion, we switched to Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but but I, I had the um, had the kids reading Bible verses in Spanish and they lit up. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Wow. And, and the one kid who couldn't speak English was now engaged, and uh, uh, it was just an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. So, look, um, you, you talked a little bit about your passions um, outside of work. You, you said you love to do creative things. Talk a little bit about your creative outlets, and and you talked about making things beautiful too. And I thought that was that was pretty. It seemed like uh, uh, you know putting your faith into work through creativity. Yeah, so it's something that I do. Um, Really, every chance that I get, I love to um, make things look beautiful. My husband jokes that he he can tell when I've walked through a room because it's suddenly clean and then decorated. Um, <laughs> but um, I really try to make sure that when I'm doing something, I try to think about, and I don't always do this well, but I try to think about being intentional with my time and my passions and that am I really using this for good or am I using this for my own selfish game or am I using this to glorify God and help and bless others? Um, so I've tried to um, kind of use my um, passions um, for God. So right now, one of the bigger things that I do is I plan um, women's events for my church um, four times a year. So once a quarter, we actually have one tomorrow evening. Um, where I kind of oversee the whole thing and then, you know, decorate, coordinate the food and all the people. And it always turns out really nice. Um, but I always think about like last night I was going through, we're having a big tri trivia event. And I was going through and instead of just Googling trivia questions that 
people I didn't feel like were going to really benefit from. Like, what's the second book of the Bible? Um, I was like, okay, what are the fruits of the Spirit? And, you know, what does Jesus say to us about, you know, what is the condition he puts on us of when we should be able to expect miracles and, and move mountains in our lives so that these women are, you know, hearing these things that um, help us in our faith every day. Um, so, yeah, I think that God, you know, makes makes things beautiful. He's the ultimate author of beauty, and, and you know, he makes everything beautiful in time. And um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful when he allows me to kind of come in and, and make things beautiful, even when it's in a small way. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Laura Kielsen-Graham, Senior Consultant at Kielsen Consulting and Stay-at-Home Mom, which is just as important, actually more important than the other work. So I thank you for joining us. And I want to encourage our listeners to download past episodes of our show on our podcast, which can be found on all major podcasting platforms. It's Faith at Sign Work. You can go to Apple iTunes or Spotify, any of those platforms uh, and find us. And then also find us on Facebook at Faith at Work. That's A-T Work. I think it's Faith at Work Radio is the, is the full name. Thank you very much, Laura. Thank you, Carl. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. Brought to you by AirAccountant.io.